the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, March 24th. Sorry, 2022. Just so we understand the modern sensibility of absurdity, or perhaps giving vindication to Charles Dickens' notion that the law is in us, understand what is transpiring before our eyes. We expect Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson to understand, distill, and provide guidance, dicta, and shape constitutional law on all forms of abstract and difficult issues. Who, for example, within earshot can, as a layperson, understand, distill, or provide guidance on such things as race judicata or non-mutual defensive collateral estoppel? But it's just fine and dandy that she cannot, without a biology degree, tell us what a woman is. And, of course, the cultural elites and the left think it's wrong-headed, ugly, unsophisticated, and disrespectful to think this is a problem. I can understand why. To not know what a woman is makes itself an ass of the law, but not just the positive law, the law of language, the law of reason, the laws of common sense, and nature. And we're all supposed to think that that is just fine, as we're all just supposed to think Leah Thomas justly won first place in a woman's college swimming event. But Leah Thomas is evidently, as an undergraduate, smarter than Ketanji Brown-Jackson. For at least Leah Thomas knows what a woman is. She wants to be one and wants to swim on the women's team. I can understand why, too, the Democrats want to bury the record of Judge Jackson, feigned ignorance, as much as they want to bury her record on child pornography cases. For this is all a part of the same culture comp or culture war the left is trying to wage against society. The problem is their case wasn't ripe, which is to say the American people are not quite ready for it. What it? The surrender of all common sense and fact and the surrender to the culture of the protection of childhood. This is why up until last November in Virginia, all their efforts were attempted sotto voce, quietly, in the dark recesses of curtained meetings nobody was watching or taking part in. For example, in our school and school board executive meetings and, of course, our colleges, where we ourselves feigned insouciance as to what our children were learning. The last thing they wanted was us finding out what they were up to and giving a darn about it, which is why the school board's association, along with Merrick Garland's Justice Department, sent the fear of arrest throughout the country to parents who dared show up at school board meetings, public meetings, public meetings of elected officials to petition their government for a redress of grievances, hitherto protected First Amendment activity. This is why when Josh Hawley was questioning Judge Brown Jackson, network and cable television broke away to their scheduled programming. But it is also why the editorials and stories condemning Josh Hawley's line of questioning were live and in prominent open print. This is judicial nomination by leisure domain, by trick. But there are a lot of tricks or games being played on the public right now. I give you the prestidigitator-in-chief in in the United States Senate, one Cory Booker of New Jersey. 
Hadn't heard from him in a while. He must have been missing the Klieg lights, for here is how he spoke yesterday, quote, It's hard for me not to look at you and not see my mom, not to see my cousins, one of them who had to come here and sit behind you. She had to be, she had to have your back. I see my ancestors and yours, Booker said. Nobody's going to steal the joy of that woman in the street or the calls that I'm getting or the texts. What woman in the street, you may ask? Well, right before he said what I just quoted, the predicate to his pie and to the great American story, quote, I'm jogging this morning and I'm at the end of the block because I put my music on loudly when I'm jogging to block out the noise of the heart attack I'm having. This woman comes up on me and tackles me, an African-American woman. The look on her eyes, she just wanted to touch me. I think because I'm sitting so close to you. And tell me what it meant to her to watch you sitting where you are sitting, close quote. The first thought is, does anyone actually believe this? I'm a jogger, and I know a lot of joggers, and I know of none in my history or theirs where anyone came up to touch or grab or tackle any of us while we were running. It's just not likely. And a first-year law student in mock trial court would easily destroy a witness with this kind of testimony. I'm sure, including we not knowing why the woman tackled him, assuming she even did tackle him. But that's not the point. Let's assume Cory Booker is telling the whole truth. Why would this woman, who he describes as an African-American, want to be tacitly and tactilely close to Senator Booker because he's in a room with Judge Brown Jackson? One reason and one only, and it has nothing to do with Judge Jackson's faith, education, or qualifications. It has to do with exclusively her immutable characteristics, her race, the very same things Cory Booker then went on to say as to why she reminds her, him, of his mother and cousins. She likes that Brown Jackson is a black woman, and that's just fine, of course, but it has absolutely zero, nothing, null set to do with knowing anything about her philosophy, character, family life, religious life, judicial thought, or anything else. The reminder of mom and cousins is exclusively, exclusively about immutable characteristics, in this case, race and gender. And race and gender, I'm sorry, do not go to a single qualifier as to being a great American. If that were not true, Judge Janice Rogers Brown, who President Bush put on the D.C. Circuit and contemplated being on the Supreme Court, would be considered a great American. But Joe Biden, as a senator, promised to filibuster her nomination if she were so selected. I mean, I'm just not sure when skin color and gender was the qualification for great American. Is Louis Farrakhan a great American? Is Asada Shakur? Do you know that name? It's plastered on a lot of Democratic Party and BLM memos and memes until it's pointed out that these folks have no idea who they are quoting. Indeed, two years ago, the Senate Democrats in Arizona sent out a tweet quoting Shakur because, you know, black female equals ipso facto great American. Here's her real story. Squibbing from a few online sources. Between 1971 and 1973, Shakur was charged with several crimes and was the subject of a multi-state manhunt. In May 1973, Shakur was arrested after being wounded in a shootout on the New Jersey Turnpike. Also involved in the shootout were New Jersey State Troopers, Werner Forrester and James Harper, and Black Liberation Army members Sundiata Akoli and Zaid Malik Shakur. State Trooper Harper was wounded, Zayed Shakur was killed, 
State Super Forester was killed. Between 1973 and 1977, Shakur was charged with murder, attempted murder, armed robbery, bank robbery, and kidnapping in relation to the shootout and six other incidents. In 1977, she was convicted of the murder of State Trooper Forrester and of seven other felonies related to the 1973 shootout. While serving a life sentence for murder, she escaped in 1979 from the Clinton Correctional Facility for Women in Union Township, New Jersey. She surfaced in Cuba in 1984, where she was granted political asylum. Shakur has lived in Cuba since, despite U.S. government efforts to have her return. She has been on the FBI's most wanted terrorist list since 2013, and the Democrats like to send out quotes of hers. Now, please, I'm not comparing Jackson to Shakur. I'm saying when you look at just race and gender and make it just race and gender, you simply cannot guarantee to me this is a great American. And I have to tell you. Someone who so liberally quotes, cites, and honors Derek Bell is no great American to me, especially when she lies about her history with his work, which she did by saying she, by saying she remembers growing up in her house with his book titled Faces at the Bottom of the Well on her coffee table. Growing up. The book came out when she was 22. Beyond that, Derek Bell is one of the most controversial, to put it positively, legal scholars in our history. Here's his views, published views on Clarence Thomas. Quote, the choice of a black like Clarence Thomas replicates the slave master's practice of elevating to overseer and other positions of quasi-power those slaves willing to mimic their master's views, carry out their orders, and by their presence provide a perverse legitimacy to the oppression they aided and approved. Close quote. That's Derek Bell publishing his thoughts on Clarence Thomas in... Wait for it, a law review article. This is Judge Jackson's hero. Now, back to the phrase I mentioned earlier, immutable characteristics. If you want to know what that means, essentially something unmutable, not changeable. And the very first Supreme Court case that used that phrase was about a sex discrimination case. The case is called Frontiero. And here is what William Brennan and Thurgood Marshall wrote there. Quote, since sex like race and national origin, is an immutable characteristic determined solely by the accident of birth, the imposition of special disabilities upon the members of a particular sex because of their sex would seem to violate the basic concept of our system that legal burdens should bear some relationship to individual responsibility. Close quote. Got it? The most liberal justices on the Supreme Court then, William Brennan and Thurgood Marshall, knew that race, like gender, was a irrelevant to individual action or thought, and B, not changeable. So to the degree you thought William Brennan and Thurgood Marshall were liberals who dragged the court and our jurisprudence to the left beyond anything in prior history, you'd be right. And to the, to the, and to the degree their views are still held by Judge Brown Jackson, you'd be wrong. The judge before us, so great she's worthy of others tackling Cory Booker with glee, is further to the left by three miles than them. Why three miles? That's the field of vision any human can reach. And the notion that Brennan and Marshall would think immutable means changeable, or that being a female is undefinable by anyone but a biologist would be enough to disqualify someone from even being their law clerk. Here's the jig. 
Thomas Paine wrote, quote, we have it in our power to begin the world again, close quote. We don't. He's wrong. The left thinks this, though. Marx taught them that. And they've run with it, thinking they can begin the world again. They can redefine and change what until yesterday everyone, including the far left, saw as unchangeable, including gender. And I suppose now, too, race. Before Paine wrote that, though, he wrote this sentence just before, quote, We ought to reflect that there are three different ways by which our independence may be affected, and that one of those three will one day or other be the fate of America, namely the legal voice of the people in Congress by a military power or by a mob. It may not always happen that our soldiers are citizens and the multitude a body of reasonable men. Virtue, as I have remarked, is not heredity is not hereditary, neither is it perpetual. Should an independency be sought by the first of those means, we have every opportunity and every encouragement before us to form the noblest, purest constitution on the face of the earth, close quote. Yes, right. He got that part right. We can do this with reason and or virtue, neither of which, he's also right, are hereditary or perpetual. You know, you know a good way to make them temporary, fleeting, evanescent? Change the meaning of words. Because when words lose their meaning, people lose their liberty. And nothing about that, it seems to me, is the mark of a great American, no matter their race or gender. Assuming gender means anything anymore. And if it doesn't, then maybe just maybe race won't either. And those who tell us colorblindness is the new ethos of white supremacy will have a really serious struggle on their hands. The mind reels at all that is being thrown at us with the illogical flood we've been subjected to. But it doesn't mean we have to commit to drowning in that flood. To be conscious of complete truthfulness while telling carefully constructed lies to hold simultaneously two opinions which canceled out, knowing them to be contradictory and believing in both of them. To use logic against logic. To repudiate morality while laying claim to it. Please. Hashtag MOFA, make Orwell fiction again. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Come back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602 uh, Another interesting um, uh, repartee took place between Senator Tom Cotton and uh, Judge uh, Ketanji Brown-Jackson yesterday that didn't get quite enough attention as it deserved. How many of you are familiar with the line of questioning that Josh Hawley opened up and Ted Cruz and other senators have asked her about with regard to a case known as the Hawkins case? This would be the 18-year-old. We've come to learn he's 19, actually, but they were saying the 18-year-old who she sentenced uh, to three months uh, for the position, possession of uh, prepubescent child porn, uh, way below the um, sentencing guidelines, way below what the prosecution had asked for. You're familiar with this, right? You're familiar with this charge against her. It's been the subject of a lot of articles. Even before the hearings, it was the subject of a lot of uh, discussion because Josh Hawley brought it out. And, uh, of course, as you know, yesterday the media all went hey, hey, crazy uh, saying Josh Hawley was, you know, repeating and sending dog whistles to the QAnon conspiracy conspiracy folks, 
because they care about child sexual abuse as well as you know as if i don't know what as if what uh, i'm a member of the john birch society because i hate communism I, I it's it's so absurd it's so absurd it's mccarthyism that's what it is it's mccarthyism because you're on the side of someone who is on the side of x you must be x um anyway uh, you, you you're familiar a little bit with this line of reasoning and questioning line of questioning about this hawkins case an interesting fact turned up. You'd, you'd be forgiven for not knowing it. It wasn't covered very well. Very well. This 19-year-old, she sentenced to three months in 2013, appeared before her again in 2019. Think about that. She gave him three months in 2013. He shows up before her again in 2019. Well, that's more than three months. Why do you think that would be? Why do you think that would be? Is it perhaps for the usual reason? A criminal sentenced to a low sentence or given an early release would show up in front of court again a couple few years later? Does the term repeat offender mean anything to you? And might it be stopped if perhaps that defendant wasn't given early release or a lenient sentence? Well, the colloquy between Senator Cotton and Judge Jackson on this is just too wonderful to not play for you. And wonderful in the sense of why did no other media pick up on this? Very little. Very little other media picked up on this. And I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to reveal. I'm going to play it for you when we come back. I think it's highly instructive because I think Judge Jackson is violating oaths repeatedly. I think she's not telling the truth. I think she's not telling the truth. Tom Cotton asks her about that, and you'll see why we can deduce that. We'll do it when we come right back. As we go to break, let me put in a word for our friends at Balance of Nature, the product I take every day. Just thinking through it. Yeah, it's really the only thing I take every day. Whole produce fruits and whole produce vegetables. Whole food nutrition, pure potent plant power, gluten-free, non-GMO, no extracts or synthetics. It's the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, pesticides, or added sugar. All it is is fruits and veggies and lots of them using their unique cold press process to preserve all the phytonutrients for you. Check them out. Balanceofnature.com. They're fruits and veggies. If you do order them, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. They've been keeping me well for three years. They'll do the same for you. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, brought to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios. I was setting up this in the last segment. This is Tom Cotton yesterday, Senator Cotton, talking to Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson about the case Josh Hawley uh, made famous even before the hearing started, uh, where she released what they were calling an 18-year-old for the possession of a lot of child porn. And turns out the kid was actually 19. Uh, and then this was in 2013. Surprise, surprise, he comes up 
and appears before her in court again in 2019. We'll get to why in a moment. I set it up in the last segment. But I just want you to listen to Tom Cotton talking to her about this because I didn't really see it anywhere else. Wesley Hawkins, as a reminder, was convicted of child, a child pornography offense in 2013. The sentencing guidelines for this offense called for a sentence of 97 to 121 months or 8 to 10 years. The prosecutors asked for 24 months. You sentenced him to three months. We've heard a lot about this case and your three-month sentence of Wesley Hawkins, but you got another crack at him in 2019, Judge. In 2019, you sent Wesley Hawkins back under conditions of confinement with the Bureau of Prisons for six months with additional restrictions on his computer usage. That's twice the amount of time in custody that you sentenced him to in 2013. What did Wesley Hawkins do in 2019, Judge? Oh, I don't remember, Senator. I have a lot of defendants who I've sentenced who are on supervision, who violate conditions of supervision. Um, if in our system, um, someone like Mr. Hawkins, especially given the crime, the egregious crime that he committed, was likely on a very long period of supervision. And during that time, he um, would likely be um, under computer restrictions for 10, 20 years or something where he's not allowed to do certain things with a computer and a probation officer is monitoring. They put software on the computers of uh, individuals who are um, who have these kinds of conditions imposed um, and that restricts their ability to access certain information on the Internet. And so uh, it's not uncommon for a probation officer to um, report violations of supervised release, not just in this area, but across all crimes. And then the court um, has to determine how to handle that. And you could, in fact, send someone back to jail for violating conditions of supervised release that are not themselves criminal behavior. It's just, you know, the court says in their supervision order um, I'm imposing a 20-year or whatever it is uh, sentence of supervision, and during this time you're not allowed to access your computer, et cetera, et cetera. So if he were to do that, it wouldn't be additional criminal behavior, but it would be a violation of my order. And when he comes back to the court on violation, the court has um, factors that we look at to determine whether or not to treat that uh, essentially as uh, the kind of violation that would require him to go back to jail. Did you guys understand that? Uh, I'm going to play the rest in a moment because this is where uh, Tom Cotton has her. But knowing how these things work, this has been standard fare for the hearings. Don't answer the question you're asked. Answer the question you would rather answer and take as much time doing it as possible because you can run the clock out, especially if it's a Republican senator, you run the clock out with these long-winded word salads. OK, you heard the word salad. Now let's get the entree. Okay. Judge, yesterday we had an extended conversation of your sentencing of a man named Keith Hodges, a fentanyl kingpin. That sentencing occurred in 2018. You had very detailed recall of that sentence. 
To my knowledge, that's the only time anyone's asked you about Mr. Hodges' sentence. You've been asked repeatedly over the last two days about the Hawkins case. It's been in the news, as Senator Durbin decided, for days on end. This sentencing happened, resentencing happened in 2019, and, and now you're saying you don't have any recollection of it. Let me see if I can refresh your recollection. Yeah, we'll go to break. We'll continue on this. He's got the goods on her. I don't think she's telling the truth. What his point was is a case no one discussed, no one had discussed and had been in no press. She had good recall on that took place in 2018, case that has been everywhere printed and talked about that reappeared before her in 2019. She doesn't recall. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. A wake-up call from our friends at the Midas Gold Group. You've seen it in the news, but it disappeared from the news, didn't it? Truckers and their supporters financially targeted and Democrats approving of the suppression of those truckers and the seizure of their financial assets by a margin of four to one. Heaven forfend we should ever get to another situation where it requires this kind of civil libertarian protest, this kind of um, peaceful protest, if you will, truly peaceful peaceful protest that the Democrats can't stomach. It's not hard to speculate what they would do to the financial assets of those they could seize just like Trudeau did. Gold and other precious metals add a layer of privacy and protection to your finances. So get private, get protected, get on the phone and call Midas Gold Group now, 480-360-3000. The Midas Gold Group, I know these guys, I've been there, I own precious metals from there. Or you can check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. I was reviewing some of the Q&A between Senator Tom Cotton and Judge Ketanji uh, Brown-Jackson yesterday. And uh, in doing so, he was asking her about the case that has been most prominently discussed, where she, as the judge, sentenced a defendant in possession of a lot of child porn to three months, much lower than the standard uh, than the commissioning uh, sentencing commission recommendations, much lower than the prosecutor recommended. And the one thing we didn't know until yesterday, and Tom Cotton brought it up. Was While that case was in 2013, he appeared again before her in 2019. Why would someone reappear before a judge so many years after such a light sentence? Well, as Tom Cotton solicited from Brown Jackson, she didn't recall. She didn't recall the most famous case of hers being talked about, what transpired in 2019. So he is now going to attempt to refresh her memory. He's pulling out a chart, which is the case. This is the order you signed, Judge, on April 17th, 2019, in USA v. Hawkins. And it says that you concur with the recommendation of the probation office to return him to residential reentry facility for 180 days and to engage in various kinds of commu- computer monitoring and computer to- computer monitoring and search. There's your signature over there, Judge. You really, yes. don't, you really don't remember 
What? Senator, that is a very, very common thing that judges do. I've sentenced over 100 people and supervised release, which is the kind of post-incarceration uh, condition that judges ordinarily impose, is something that's done on a standard form, which is what that I, is. I understand you've done a lot, Judge, and but no, none of them have been the centerpiece of your hearing for the last two days. Do you really, do you really expect this committee to believe that you don't remember what happened in this Hawkins case when it came back before you? Yes, Senator, Senator I, I do expect you to believe that's my testimony. Well, I, I don't find it credible, Judge. It's been in the news for days. Senator Durbin decided it being in the news for days. You've been asked about it probably more than any other case you've ever had. And I just don't find it credible that you weren't prepared for that matter in 2019. You know what I think? I think he got caught with child pornography again, and he wouldn't have if he had been in prison the eight to ten years the guidelines called for in 2013 when you first sentenced him. Thank you, Tom Cotton. I think she's lying about that. I think she's lying about a lot of other things including, I have to tell you, what it is, what it means to be a woman. Of course she knows. She has used the word woman throughout her testimony. She has used the word woman throughout her obiter dicta in cases she has decided, both on the D.C. court and at the trial court level. And you would presume that she knows what a woman is in that Joe Biden said that he would be looking for an African-American woman to nominate. Not to mention all the encomiums to her that show what a great role model she will be to young women. All right. Let me uh, take a call real quick. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, Seth. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, good. I, yeah, I didn't, uh, didn't catch it. I heard the beep and then it went blank. Anyway, didn't we hear the same thing uh, about Kamala Harris? <laughs> Just, just wondering. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which, which. I, you know, I've raised this issue several times. If, if it's yeah. because of their race or gender that they are role models and they are successes and they are great people, what happens when they fail? What happens well, when they fail? Do you then attribute it to that, or do you attribute it to something else? Which is why Shelby Steele has railed against these kinds of things for years. Calling it, you know, the, the 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 you know the permanent part mark of questionable competence. This is what happens Absolutely. when you use race or gender as the qualification. What happens if it turns out they ain't qualified? Do you blame the race and gender well, then? Because you certainly used yeah. it as the qualification to get you there in the first place. It's a real well, philosophical problem that leads to more, I think, distrust amongst the races. And and uh, it, it shows. And I think that, um, you know, the, the fact, well, number one, the fact that uh, Joe Biden intentionally limits uh, the choices to a particular gender, a particular race. Well, that's disturbing enough. It and certainly is. It of, certainly is, yeah. because what he said is no gay people, no Irish people, no males, yeah. no Hispanics yeah. will be considered. That's, that's right. pretty problematic, especially for a man who oh, claims yeah. Irish heritage. Yeah. But I, I think we both and probably many of the listeners really know what's going on here. You know, I don't care that you can't define what a woman is. I don't care about her uh, word salad, as you so eloquently put it. I care about the fact that deep down, bottom line, she's a leftist, progressive, 
uh, uh, jurist, uh, there, there are only two questions. One was sort of answered, what was the, uh, what's her judicial philosophy? And I think her answer was, well, I'm an independent jurist. Well, yeah, she talked about her methodology, how she takes a case, looks at it, examines yeah. it, and then rules on it, yeah. which any first but, but grader could tell you is the job of a judge, yeah. Well, that's right. And and then the, the second thing is, you know, how does she interpret the U.S. Constitution? And nobody Radi- Radically that. is the answer we got when she wouldn't tell us what a woman is. Radically is the answer. Well, it's not yeah, just well, a living yeah, constitution I mean, anymore. It's where words literally have no more meaning than whatever the brief <laughs> in front of her substantiates for the progressive cause. I mean, it's far Whether left, not, far left yeah. of Thurgood oh, Marshall absolutely. and William Brennan. That's absolutely correct, and and yet it, it isn't even refer- the constitution isn't even being referenced. No, uh, in her hearing. No, and but we all, but I think we all know where she stands. Of course we do. Of and, course we do. Yeah, and yet. Uh, she could be selected. That's she w- she she likely will be. I have an interesting email on that from a listener. I want to go through with you. Uh, I'll make sure to do that. Remind me to do that, Bill. Email from Joe, listener Joe. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Brother Tim is in Peoria. Hello, Tim. Seth Liebson. How are you, sir? I would like to go down a rabbit hole, but first, I would like to get your opinion on when it comes to transgender women, for example, in sports, would it be a good question to ask the SCOTUS candidates how Fed 10 would come into play when it comes to the LGBTQRSTUV group? And the division and how it infringes upon the rights of others is that is that that is that am I close or no? Does it doesn't apply? It, no, I think in a better day that question would be asked and it would be expected to be answered. I think in the in the in the world in which we live, she would uh, deflect it probably along the lines of, "Well, that's something that could come before me, and so I must decline respectively to answer." Don't you think that's how she'd handle that one? Probably. Yeah, because she is uh, she is. Uh, she, she's a wordsmither. Well, yes, she's and you know she's trying to be a stealth candidate. It's not she's she's the least stealthy of the stealth candidates I've oh, ever seen. A, I have to tell yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, she is the Cessna of the stealth bombing. I, she's, honest right. to goodness, Tim, think the Democrats are. You know, I think they'll get her, but I, I think they're they're maybe wondering if maybe not all the vetting that should have been done was done here. I, I'm betting they're thinking for that sure. and saying that in the back rooms. I bet they for are. For sure. On the on the question of diversity of the court, because that's why she's there, uh, the next pick would be maybe an Asian woman. How about this, though? A question for the candidate. If an Asian trans woman were to gain a, you know, candidacy for the SCOTUS, win, get the seat, and then revert back to being a man, taking away from his <laughs> Does it undo? Oh, See, Tim, no, you, this is why I want to recruit you to my hole. school I want to found on teaching political philosophy. That's real philosophy right there, Tim. I, 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 that had never occurred to me. That had never occurred to say? me. No. Yeah, what would she say? Maybe she would just deflect. The reason I ask is this: here in the state of. But well, what if she transi- transitions? What does Joe Biden then do? Then I guess he didn't give us the first African American woman. No, 
just a third black guy. Yeah, just oh, another well. black guy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Tim, I got to do Forgive me. I got to yeah, okay, do a, yeah. a top of the hour yeah. and I have a guess. If you want to come back on, uh, feel free to give us a call in a little bit, half hour or so if you want to. I got to take a quick break. I can't help it. I'm Seth Leapson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 